You're listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, your guide to living an authentic, healthy life podcast. I'm Janine Strong, and every two weeks I have an inspiring conversation with an ordinary person leading an extraordinary life. And today my conversation is with John Dupuy. John Dupuy is co-founder and the CEO of iAwake Technologies. John holds a master's degree in transpersonal psychology. He has been working personally and professionally with brainwave entrainment technology since 2004. He has developed a passion for the power and efficacy of brainwave entrainment technology to support the healing of mental health and addiction recovery issues, deepen spiritual growth, and support an increase in attention and focus in business, academics, and athletics. John is also the author of Integral Recovery, a revolutionary approach to the treatment of alcoholism and addiction, and he's a passionate musician and practitioner of the blues guitar. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Janine. <laughs> it's good to have you on the podcast. I don't suppose you have your blues guitar with you. <laughs> oh, man, I'm surrounded by them. Uh, oh. <laughs> that, that's one of the secrets of practice. I make it very available. So when I'm here in my office and I'm not doing something, I just grab a guitar, plug in, and start playing with Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton or Stephen Ray Vaughan or any of the other masters that I rip off constantly. Oh, that, uh, that's awesome. Well, if you feel inspired during the conversation, if you want to do a, a minute or two of a little riff, you uh, feel free. <laughs> you know, I just might do that. Thank you for, for asking. That's great. <laughs> cool. Oh, I like to I, I like to uh, be flexible and, and have things just sort of pop up as they will. <clears throat> yeah, me too. So um, let's start with what is brainwave entrainment technology? for those who aren't well, familiar with it. Yeah, it, it, it's a way of using uh, a sound to entrain the brain to uh, the desired brainwave states. And so we figured out there's, you know, there's, there's a beta, alpha, theta, delta, epsilon, gamma, there's these different tracks and there are different frequencies. And uh, the brain tends to, uh, uh, manifest these frequencies when we're having we're different states of consciousness. So back in the seventies, we figured out that we could we could um, uh, use sound to uh, a beat, say in the left ear and a beat in the right ear with, with stereo headphones and uh, hundred ten or hundred here, and the brain would wouldn't know quite how to deal with that discrepancy. So it would, would create a phantom wave, and doing that you could entrain the brain to the desired uh, brainwave state. So that was kind of the foundational. So instead of taking years of, you know, going to a monastery or getting a guru or trying to discipline yourself to, to sit in silence, which is very hard for most of us yes. because life's going <laughs> true, you know, on our practice, uh, you, you could get there the first time you use it. And, and following from that, you start feeling the, the, the fruits of your practice like from the get go, almost immediate, if not immediately. Whereas with um, meditation, uh, my uh, a friend and, and definitely mentor uh, Ken Wilbur said he he mm -hmm. was doing Zen meditation, but he practiced for two hours a day for five years before he started feeling any shifts. Wow! And and uh, maybe that's a metaphor, or whatever. But uh, most of us don't have that kind of heroic capacity to stick with the practice. In other words, if you went to a gym you know, five days a week for an hour and worked out and you didn't feel any results until five years after you hit the gym. I mean, how many of us would actually stay with the practice? Probably no uh, not one. Many. <laughs> yeah, probably still. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, no, I got better things to do with my time. So, um, yeah, so th does that answer your basic question? Yeah, absolutely. So um, what what are the different uh, brainwave frequencies uh, and and what do they like? What is what what is the alpha state? What what is that like? What is the beta state like? Et cetera. Can we go through that? Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Starting starting with beta, that, and that's okay. normally what we the brain exhibits when we're doing our day to day multitasking. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty high frequency, and you you know your mind's going here and there, and it's probably where most people don't want to be when they meditate. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then under that you have alpha, which is a little slower. And that was in, in the beginning of this uh, brain entrainment technology revolution. 
Uh, we thought that well before before I was in it, but they thought that alpha that was it because it's a it's a um, it's a brainwave state where you have focus and you can really dial in and say if you're you know you're you know you're writing your book or you're reading the Lord of the Rings and you're just in Middle Earth with Frodo and company, you know, and you're just there, you know, completely mm -hmm. there. You're probably exhibiting a lot of alpha, so it's a, it's a really focusing. Uh, it's good to listen to while you're you know you're writing, you're typing, you're reading. Uh, you're doing creative work like that, very supportive. Under that, you have theta, which is, again, a little lower, a little slower. And it is uh, – the the brain uh, uh, exhibits a lot of this when we're in um, uh, REM, dream ah, mode. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So it's, it's, it's a good place for spiritual practice, for envisioning, for uh, healing uh, from trauma and uh, emotional wounds. So it's a very effective there. It's kind of the borderline in between, you know, the ego state or the deepest part of the ego state where you get into the, the deeper non-dual states. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And under that, you have Delta, which yep. is one of our favorites. Uh, they're all really our favorites. <laughs> but that is uh, a brainwave that uh, the brainwave, the brain exhibits when you're in deep, dreamless sleep. Ah. So it is a, it's a very powerful uh, uh, uh brainwave for deep relaxation and deep meditative practice mm -hmm. and all of the fruits and the benefits that come from that. Okay. And I use it, you know, I, I was, I suffered from uh, uh, life-threatening clinical depression for, mm. uh, for years and it's still there. I mean, it's still, you know, around, but I've learned the practices have helped me. Uh, it's actually become a blessing. You know, it's actually become part of my practice dealing with that darkness and not avoiding it. But Delta was a very effective and Theta, very effective um, uh, brainwave for, for these deep states and for deep emotional uh, healing and spiritual connection. And below Delta, we have Epsilon, mm -hmm. which is just going a little bit lower and a little bit slower. And uh, not too many people have even uh, uh, made any of these tracks, but it's something we've been doing for a few years now. So it's just a very low deep uh, ride into consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then we have the um, uh, a real nice one, or fun one, gamma, which is kind of really high frequency. And they first started discovering this when they were, um, they were hooking up um, Tibetan monks, their brains, when they were doing a particular uh, meditative practice that dealt with compassion. And they felt and they saw the brains, their, the brains of these monks who've been doing this practice, you know, most of their lives have been in, you know, monastic mm -hmm. uh, practice for the majority of their lives. Uh, the brain was exhibiting a lot of gamma. And we found that gamma is really good for, uh, well, that for compassion and feeling good and, and clearing out kind of the, the dark shadows of our ego, as well as though processing lots of information. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which ain't a bad thing to be able to do in this uh, this millennium that we find ourselves in because yes. there's a lot of information out there. Yes, I've been and, using that one actually. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we've cre we've created a, a number of uh, gamma tracks uh, recently, and I just you know I didn't really use them that much in, uh, when I first started doing uh, using uh, brainwave entrainment technology to enhance my 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 spiritual and, and uh, depth of growing and, and connection and my healing. But now it's become, it's really, it's really good stuff. I, mm -hmm. I use it. Mm -hmm. John, how did you get into this? Well, that is <laughs> a good question. Let me think, how did I get it? Oh, okay. I, I listened to a, um, a conversation with your ex, Bill Harris uh -huh. and Ken Wilbur. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bill was talking about, you know, this, this technology, I never heard of it before. And at that time I was running a wilderness program for mostly young adults, but for adults in which we would go out into the wilderness for a long extended period of time, eight weeks, sometimes longer. Oh, wow. In order to deal with stuff. And most of the people that were, well, it, we would design the program specifically for people who are having issues with drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just putting it together and it was from that experience that the, my book integral recovery emerged, but I would, you know, I was combining, um, uh, 
meditation and nutrition and and immersion in the wilderness. It's like they say, there's no atheist in foxholes. Well, there's no atheist in in the wilderness after a while. And I'm not saying you become a born again Christian or something, but there's just a sense of awe mm-hmm. and depth and that the universe is really wired in a wondrous way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Utah, Southern Utah wilderness is incredible for that, that kind of stuff. So I was trying to get my, uh, my beloved students to meditate and it wasn't going too well. <laughs> and uh, of course I was on again, off again with my own meditation practice. So when I heard Bill talking about uh, center point and hollow sink, I said, you know, maybe this, this could help. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, um, I got, I, I guess I bought the first level or bought something or a demo track. And uh, I, um, well, first of all, I had a very powerful, uh, you know, uh, mystical, spiritual, however you want to say it, peak experience of non-duality. And this was not not new to me. I'm kind of a natural mystic, you know, uh, the divine or the ultimate keeps showing up, you know, in my mm-hmm. consciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, my first big experience was, I think it was uh, 12 years old. Oh. And, but I did, really didn't have any uh, context for it. And of course, one of the, you know, spiritual experience uh, non-duality where you everything is one you can you know, instead of seeing everything separate and causal relationships and blah 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 everything is just this one thing mm-hmm. and you are it you know you are not separate from it right. you know and your little self uh is part of it too mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just like the, the rocks and the trees and the sky and everything else and with this apprehension not only do you you know the feel this new connection but there's a great sense of of peace and and joy and and aha it's like remembering something that was forgotten mm-hmm. and feeling at home in the universe mm-hmm. but it's 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 only a powerful state experience in other words and one of the characteristics of a state like any emotional state you're going through they don't last forever mm-hmm. okay they last for a while and they go away and it's it's often hard if you don't have some kind of supportive community or supportive practice to integrate those experiences, True. just having experiences, because then the rest of the world looks, when you get back to your, you know, your old wounded neurotic self, after you have the experience, it doesn't just change you. Uh, it, it's just like, it's informed you, but you go, gosh, how do I get back there? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're kind of lost and it can, it can be hard if you mm-hmm. don't have a way to integrate it. It's really, it's, and it's really uh, nice to have eldering, and people that can support you on the journey. I, I think the experiences are essential, but it has to be uh, dealt with uh, skillfully and with wisdom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, so I had had this experience and it was very, and I've been using like, I don't know, two or three times. And uh, it's amazing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, am I enlightened? I, I did use the same <laughs> times, you know? and, and I wouldn't say it was enlightened, but it was a very powerful opening. Mm-hmm. An awakening. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I was like, okay. So then that's when I started uh, 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 experimenting with more of myself. And I was meditating uh, using this technology. I was using some other things besides center point too. Insight meditation was mm-hmm. one of them. I was mm-hmm. trying to see the good ones. But, I mean, what was out there, it used a lot of center point. And uh, uh, two, three hours a day because about after that big opening, what happened uh, shortly thereafter, I started uh, – getting in touch with the the wounding and the hurt that was keeping me so depressed. Mm. And by the way, my older brother, Rick, had committed suicide in my house and mm. my living a few years before. Oh. And of course, that was one of the things that was leading to my own uh, uh, un, untransmuted, unresolved, un dealt with grief Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. putting me into these deep periods, you know, and when you're, those of you are listening to this who know depression and it's not just being a bit, you know, a bit bummed out or having a bad day, but it's the, the depth of that is so deep that the, the possibility of non-existence just becomes a great idea. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. no fear of death. There's just fear of continuing in the torture and in the pain Right. And the isolation that depression is. So I, when I would meditate, I would begin to feel this in my body. And uh, that's one of the things that I've learned about trauma. If it's just a head thing, as in talking therapy, that can be useful. 
but ultimately it doesn't get to it because it's, it's a very somatic thing also. Right. I agree. So I would start feeling, you know, this deep pain, uh, and usually around my heart and chest area and my gut, and it would just build up with intensity. But because I'd had this opening experience, my, the context was vastly, um, uh, broadened, you know, even infinite in, in, in the best uh, uh, sense of it, not always, but enough that I was able to in, to stay with it. And and I had this kind of intuitive understanding that this is going to get you well. Mm-hmm. So this went on, you know, for about nine months. And my wife would see me, you know, sitting in my, my chair where I'd meditate and I would just be, you know, just this look of agony in my face. My body would be trembling. You know, in hotel rooms when we were traveling, I'd just be going through this stuff and see this. Okay, he's doing the work that he needs to do, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was tremendous. So it was a, it was a big a spiritual opening at first, and then it was helping me deal uh, with with the darkness and and the hurt. And I found that that in the darkness, in the pain, the hurt, something that something that needs to be uh, cured, so to speak. Uh, in that sense, but something that needs to be accepted mm-hmm. and and actually welcomed. And so when it started coming up, I had this this little prayer that I would say, welcome teacher. <laughs> and I would just be mm. present with it. And when it would begin to lift, ship, you know, it would intensify the, the somatic feelings. And then it would begin to just a little blend, little. And at first you're going, oh, is it beginning to lift? And maybe I just hope it's like a false dawn. You know, mm-hmm. you see the horizon going, ah, I'm just imagining it until it begins to go. And it, it would gradually lift like a fog lifting. And when it would lift, I would be, I would be left with a sense of just peace mm-hmm. and okayness and, and stillness and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Just okay. You know, some months. And so that became a process that uh, helped me work through a lot of my, my stuff and I've, you know, I've written about, you know, shadow work and, and some of the practices I developed mm-hmm. uh, dealing in, in my book and, you know, work with students over the years. And uh, that's how I got rolling. And I, it was a deep recognition that the only way to, um, to do this type of work and, but to stabilize it and, and to keep it, you know, not just, doing it and then it's over, but it's develop uh, an ongoing lifetime daily practice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so much, uh, so many popular books that have come out um, about practice, you know, the 10,000 hour deal. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's a good rule of thumb. I don't think it's always the case, you know, thank God a lot of us can get to very functional uh, places with less time than that, but dedicated practice. So if you're going to, if you're, you want to become spiritual, well, what do you do? You know, just hope that you're spiritual. No, you, you have to work on it. So you, you have to do you know, something. You, you know, you're waiting for the lightning to strike and ding, you know, you get it. No, you actually have to work at it. And uh, now with, with, of course, we're incorporating these ancient techniques of meditation from all the different practices. But uh, along with that, we now have this, this uh, 21st century technology that gets us down into those deep desired brainwave states like very quickly. And that's where the work can begin. And we just don't waste a lot of time. And it begins, uh, the, the transformational process is, is a felt sense of healing and changing right away. And so that helps us to stick with it again. You know, if you have to wait five years to feel anything, uh, two hours a day, most of us would definitely not stick with it. But, uh, so anyway, a lot of my work now, has has moved from from working with exclusively with addicts at realizing the practices and the work, which is basically if you're if you're going to be a healthy, actualized, realized human being, there there's there's four essential things as a foundation that you have to work on as as a, a, a daily transformational practice so that you can become the person you were born to be, and that means you have to take care of your physical health, which okay. means nutrition. And exercise, whether it be strength training and yoga and cardio, the combination, however you work that out. And then you have to have a, a mental practice where, uh, you know, it's not uh, unlike the computer language, giggle, garbage in, garbage out. It's like yeah. good things in, things out. You listen to uh, wise people, uh, ask questions, 
you read the great books, you read the things that are going to enhance uh, your life and give you give you more knowledge and more wisdom to be more effective. Uh, and the third thing is the emotional uh, practice. And this this is greatly facilitated by by uh, the brain entrainment technology mm-hmm. where you go down and you uh, recognize, you confront, uncover whatever is holding you back and you, you allow it to express itself. You feel the somatic feelings, watch the thoughts that are associated with it and watch it resolve and, and shift and transmute. And, and lastly, and, and also is a, a deep uh, interior spiritual practice. And, you know, you can you can be within a religious tradition or, or not doesn't matter but where we find that deep connection to all things is when deep within ourselves and it's what the masters have always said and saying it's true as it ever was so by using this thing still you still have to do the work it's just greatly enhanced and made more effective and and more it just happens much more quickly which i think in in the, the times that we live in we really need to the more that we can wake up and heal ourselves We'll be able to uh, uh, be the kind of persons we need to be to to be part of the, the the healing of our planet that needs to happen. And so anyway, so those are the four things, the body, the mind, the emotional to include the shadow and and the spiritual practice. And once you have that, then you can take, you know, your kind of healthier, creative, happier, more effective self and take that same kind of discipline and apply it to whatever specific um, uh, skills that you're, are, are uh, abilities that you need to do what, to, to fulfill your calling, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, you know, that deep soul level, what you were meant to do. And I've used that, uh, well, one of the things I, I use that to learn to play the blues guitar. And I said, well, you know, I, I picked up the blues playing blues. I've been playing guitar since I was, since I was, I don't know, 12 or 13, but it was just acoustic, you know, I was a singer-songwriter, you know, three chords and the truth, right? And uh, <laughs> I always wanted to be a, a, you know, play lead like Eric Clapton and Jimmy ah, and all these guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I picked it up and I just started practicing daily, you know, just working on it, working on it. And pretty soon I got pretty good, you know, and now I think real good. But the, the point is, is that it's practice. And by doing this transforming the practice, the body, the mind, uh, the emotion, shadow, plus spiritual, we can set a foundation that we begin to understand that the key to unlock our super uh, hero powers, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. popular now in, in, in current fiction is by this process of deep, uh, uh, gritty, ongoing uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like... Uh, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, that when you're using the brain entrainment technology, that as emotions and painful kinds of physical, emotional uh, things uh, come up, it's best just to watch it, just to yeah. let it be, and as it as it morphs and evolves and maybe um, uh, intensifies, um, then it. It will, it will just flow and move through you and leave. Yeah, and and not only watch it but feel it too, and and of course you know that could be really really you know scary stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. because you know you know you you get blown up by an IED and your buddy dies next to you in Iraq or something like that. I mean that's a very painful traumatic experience, and often our, our mind will our psyche will split it off, right? Okay, and we. Will remember it and that that's a grace that's a blessing that's like novocaine when they're mm-hmm. extracting the two yeah and it's a, it's a very useful uh survival skill in the beginning however you know if it's split off it doesn't mean it's not having an effect you know you try to right. lock it in the basement first of all it takes a lot of um emotional uh energy to to keep this stuff split off mm-hmm. so it's you know mm-hmm. we're not as vital as we could be and these these, these experiences have great power. So when we when we reown them and go through this process of acceptance and recognition and feeling and thank you, teacher, and we we go through it, and we'll often often find on the on the on the back end of it that there's there's kind of an intuitive understanding, a new wisdom, a new understanding about something. 
that emerges from the acceptance of it. And, you know, it's like you don't have to just do it all at once. You can just kind of touch into it, you mm -hmm. know, and you start to feel it. And it's like, okay, I don't think I can, I'm not ready to go there. It's okay. But you know it's there and you just touch and little by little you get to the point where you begin to trust the process and you can just, you know, let it emerge and be there. And, mm -hmm. and I, I wrote a blog, an article one time called Meditate Like a Rock. Rock <laughs> it's just there, you know, just whatever happens, the bird craps on you or the, the lightning and the rain and the water or whatever, the heat, it's just, oh, you're just there. Uh -huh. And it happens on you and around you and in you. And you just let it be. It's kind of like the layers up, the onion peeling the layers slowly back as as yeah. you feel comfortable um, experiencing it. So, John, with someone, I know a lot of people, PTSD seems to be pretty uh, rampant these days. Sure. Um, what, what tracks or, or do you recommend for people? If somebody comes to you and says, I'm dealing with PTSD, what do you have that would help me? Yeah, well, kind of, we have a, we have a profound meditation program we call PMP 3.0, and that has, I believe, fifteen different tracks, and it's got uh, three tiers of delta, like one, two, three, first tier, three tracks, twenty minutes each, second tier, uh, three tracks, twenty minutes, third tier, and it's it's progressively deeper, and uh, then there's some we call releasing tracks that are more alpha. Theta. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you do, it's like when you're scuba diving, the, the, the longer you stay down deep underwater, your body needs more time to, to process it when you mm -hmm. come up. Same okay. sort of thing. So the releasing tracks are, are nice to kind of help you assimilate all, all the stuff that you're getting in these really deep levels. And then we have three um, uh, epsilon tracks in there also. So you could, you, you can just work with that for a long time. Okay, you can, and you can mix them, and you can start out. I mean, you know, and especially if you're, you're suffering, most people don't suffer from this suffer from this degree of of trauma. But if you're very, very traumatized, just you know, five minutes, five, you know, then just you know, ease into it, mm -hmm. because a lot of times it'll start bringing up the stuff that it needs to be dealt with, and uh, that's kind of a cautionary tale. It doesn't happen that much, but we just like to really uh, let people know to go be gentle and start. But then as you, you uh, begin to, to really establish the practice in your life, then you can, you can meditate for longer times. And I think, uh, uh, for those who, um, who really want to join the elite club of people who are really working themselves and transforming about an hour a day is, is, uh, is great. And, and one time I was talking with Ken Wilbur and uh, we brought up, I said, well, isn't this all elitist? You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this whole thing that we're talking about. And he said, well, yes, it is, but it's elitism to which all is invited. <laughs> <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Everyone is invited. You know, I love that. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's challenging you to, yeah, to work hard mm -hmm. and, and use the best tools available, mm -hmm. available to become the person that you need to be. And, and when you do that, that's when you start um, um, connecting and living from that deep soul centric place. And to me, I think to me, the, the human soul and this this comes from, you know, my readings, but generally experience my experience of mm -hmm. of being a, you know, a psychonaut or, or a dedicated meditator is that it's that place where the 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 all meets your individuality, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and where like a Venn diagram is there. Both parts are represented. And from there, our beautiful uniqueness, as well as our, our connectedness to all things. Uh, emerges in, in, in unique expression that mm -hmm. it seems to be our the work that we the, what we really want to do while we're you know in the body mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and there's there's a great sense of fulfillment and aha yeah this is it this is what I was here to do and, you know thank you you know mm -hmm. spirit thank you God how do you want to frame that talk to it mm -hmm. uh, um, when it starts just becoming more and more an obvious reality, a felt reality, and that's uh, the work you do. Mm -hmm. And the place where I think we all want to eventually end up or at least work our way towards. Mm -hmm. um, now, for somebody who's, um, you know, people who have abuse issues, uh, serious trauma issues, addiction issues, when they're doing this uh, kind of work, they're doing their hour brainwave entrainment every day. Do you recommend that 
Well, things are coming up that people either have a therapist to work with or a life coach or, or somebody that can kind of help them to process. Yes. If, if, if that's a possibility, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can, it can um, be a great, great help. And I found I, I work with individuals. Um, well, I, I ran wilderness programs, so I worked with individuals you know, sitting around the fire and walking the trails and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot. But when I, when I stopped doing that, I worked with uh, people online mm-hmm. and all over the world. And, and I found that uh, when we, when they were, when my, my students or my clients were, were uh, engaged in the practice. And of course, I wouldn't work with them unless they wanted to practice because, mm-hmm. right. you know, if you want to work with me, you might as well do, you know, what I'm, what I'm saying or work with somebody else. But I found that the practice deepened the work that we did together mm-hmm. greatly. So we were able to get into the deep end of the pool where, you know, where the, where the monsters are, where the, the treasures are also uh, much more quickly. And we would just develop kind of this intuitive thing. And I would, you know, it's really interesting, but I would say, you know, there's, I would see an image or something and I go, oh, yeah, that's a dream I had two nights ago. And then I would just open these doorways. So I think it's really, it's very good to have a, a therapist or a coach or experienced guide when you're dealing with uh, PTSD and deep trauma, because one of the things that uh, the manifestations of, of PTSD and depression is a sense of isolation. Mm-hmm. So just connecting with another person on a safe, deep level and, and having a skillful guide that can help you, you know, accept it and go through it. It can, can be a great, a great help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what just came to me was that uh, it, I, I don't know if this is something that you do or, or if, if anybody does, but to have like, uh, for people who are interested, uh, they would pay a certain fee and uh, have an online like group um, group coaching for people that, uh, you know, needed some help and maybe they don't have a therapist or a life coach or they don't want to go that route, but you know, some, something that is like a supportive community. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've had a a lot of, uh, you know, in in the integral recovery world, we've done that a bit, but you know, we're talking about doing that for years, having a, uh, online support group that's practice centric. In other words, everybody's Mm -hmm. agreeing. You're right. going to be part of it. You're going to be doing the practices. Okay. Right. And, and, um, I ha- had a men's group with, that we did that for a while and it was really, really nice. And we've talked about doing this kind of online, online community. Um, and I think it's a great idea, Janine, and we haven't done it yet, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I will take a prayerful attitude to that. And thank you for reminding me. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that afterwards because I have somebody in mind who I think would be excellent to uh, lead that if you are too busy to oh, do something good. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, oh, uh, a question I had when you were going through the four daily, pra- uh, did you call them practices? The uh-huh. uh, physical, body, mental, emotional, spiritual. So for someone who would like to embody a spiritual practice, but they're not religious. Yeah. What what kinds of suggestions would you have for them? Well, welcome to the family. You know? <laughs> yes. I, I think I think I read that sixty percent of uh millennials consider themselves uh spiritual but not uh religious. I've so, I've been there for most of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I don't even know I mean, you know, I, I was deeply uh, affected by uh, Christianity, but also by Native American uh, mm-hmm. uh, spirituality. I had a, a, a dear friend and a mentor, um, Wallace Black Elk, for years before he passed, and Sufism and Buddhism and uh, uh, a Chinese uh, Lao Tzu. Uh, anyway, on and on. Uh, and I used to get back when I was kind of putting this all together back in the eighties and there was a lot of criticism that you need to just stick with one tradition and stop mixing these things up. And I said, I just can't do that. Yeah. I, you, we you know? are kindred spirits. I've always said I'm very eclectic when it comes exactly. to my spiritual practices and my spiritual life. 
Yeah, and it, it just gives you, you know, I mean, and you may have, maybe you're more strongly affected by the first tradition that you really went through, but but we can, you know, we can be dual citizens, you know, mm-hmm. of all these different traditions, and I think that's great. And so the, the original question, what do you do? Well, yeah, you start practicing, and you start the deep inner, interior exploration and stillness uh, of your own interiors, and then you whatever begins to emerge, you, it'll teach you. At, at, at a certain point, it's really... Great news about this deep practice that we 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 get to this place where we have a um, we get in touch with our, call it the wisdom voice I think that might have come from the Buddhists but you know you have a a deep kind of knowing that is not your you know your your linear or your nonlinear mind you know with all this data and da 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 it's just this kind of deep knowing and as we as we practice. And, and, and stay with the deep, relaxed, interior states of stillness, we become more familiar with that. And it becomes a refuge. We know that, that uh, ultimately we can find the wisdom that we need to resolve whatever we're struggling with inside. Right. And that, that frees you from the dangers of gurus and this, that, and the other. And it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you don't need teachers, but we need teachers with a small T. Uh, you know, I, I completely it, agree because... I know so many people who I, I consider them to be like intellectual, intellectually strong spiritually, but they don't have because they read and they've got all this information and they appear to be so, so wise, but they don't embody it. It's not, it's not an inner knowing. It's an outer knowing. That's very true. And, and that, that outer knowing is really good, but it needs to be complemented equally with the inner knowing. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of get that inner and outer knowing like 50, 50, man, then you're really, you know, you really got it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not any intellectual at all. I think the, the intellect and, and the wisdom that we can have from it is just remarkable. I mean, there's nothing more complex than the human brain that we've discovered thus far in the universe, but uh, it gets to be very unbalanced. And as you said, Janine, you can sense it when it's mm-hmm. just headlining, you know, there's kind of a disconnectedness to it. Absolutely. So you need to put both together. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I think that the the intellectual, all the reading, and it's it's an avoidance sometimes of doing the actual work inside. It, it certainly can be. Amen. Yep. Hmm. Wow. So how do you see this work? Okay, I guess I'm just gonna I'm gonna say what popped into my head transform sure. transforming the world. Okay, I mean these well, are dark I, times. A lot of people are anxious and depressed yes. because you know everything seems to be a big shit show right now. <clears throat> Excuse that's, my French. That's, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a pretty accurate way of describing it. Well, I think I think it is. You know, there's no problems on the planet right now that have not been created by ourselves. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the old Pogo comic strip we found the enemy in and it's us okay? i used to love pogo <laughs> i know pogo's great you guys i don't know if it's around anymore but you, i'm sure you can find it online are we but, dating uh, are we dating ourselves <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um but but yeah it, it's all coming from our unresolved issues and our unrealized self and there's a part of us that there there is an evolutionary erotic part and i'm not talking about the mere sexuality but something that's drawing us forth mm-hmm. to to um, to become the best versions of ourselves, and those are the people that we need to to show up in order to resolve the issues in our current uh, structures and our current two party system and our current uh, you know democracy that's been so it's no longer uh, good people coming together to to work and talk together to how to resolve the problems of our times. It's just a bunch of competing interests who are trying to win all the chips. Well said. You know, eat, eat the other guys down. And that's really not useful at all. And it's harmful. <laughs> kidding. So we need to figure out a deeper democracy. And the only way to get that going is to have a deeper uh, human beings participating. Mm-hmm. So the most mm-hmm. radical uh, political uh, act that you can do at this point is not burning tires, you know, and, and blocking the streets mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Uh, it is to transform yourself. And to become a person that is deeply connected to all things and, and in touch with your own essential gifts 
and manifesting those and bringing those forth and working with others with an open heart and an enlightened mind and, and a capacity to begin to resolve these problems beyond the this or that uh, that you see in, you know, American uh, media, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, mm -hmm. the people don't even talk. They just yell at each other. They're oh, bullet points, you know, and I was watching the, the Democratic uh, so-called debates and mm -hmm. they would ask me ask a question. They wouldn't answer the question. They just they would just recite the prepared statement, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we've got to get beyond that to where we can really deeply, as we're doing now, engaging in deep conversations, not where you think you know all the answers, but that's, that it's an inquiry into what can we learn together and what can emerge out of us to help us uh, uh, be wiser and more compassionate and, uh, and, and create a better world for, for, for those who are here, those who are coming, and not just the human but for all sentient beings, all, all animals mm -hmm. in life. And because we're kind of at the top of the food chain, we need to be cognizant of that. And we have a responsibility to, to allow other beings to, to live lives of dignity and, and fulfill their evolutionary destiny. So, uh, yeah, and, and it, it is, it's absolutely essential because we just can't continue, you know, our just our, you know, uh, mm -hmm. blind, uh, ways that we've been doing this because we can see the results around us not getting done. So be a revolutionary, you know, transform yourself and the knowledge and the techniques and the technology is available for us to do that in ways that no generations before us have ever had this capacity. And while the numbers of humans keeps increasing and it seems our, our divisions and, and, and our hatreds and all this stuff, at the same time, there's no better time to be alive, to wake up and to transform yourself into the person that you were born to be. Mm -hmm. And you are needed now to transform yourself and work on yourself and keep working on yourself and bring that out into the world. And uh, let's start uh, working together to do the right thing, to do the wise thing, the compassionate thing, the effective thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, John, well said, well said. You know, I I've often said that a, a a really good place to start. Um, do you know the four? You know the four agreements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you bet. I've bought that book for so many people, but I've often said if everybody, every single person, could just embody the four agreements and really yeah. live that, th it's such an amazing place to start. This would be such a different planet. You know the one that really. Uh that really knocks me out. I mean, they're all great, mm -hmm. but the one don't take it personally. Uh, yeah, <laughs> boy, is that, that like was, a spirit yeah. practice. That was amazing. yes, that was the main one for me. The main one for me. Mm -hmm. Don't take anything personally. Yeah, and I, and I try to do the others. You know, I, I'm working on. It. I'm having. You know, I'm not like I'm batting a thousand or anything, but maybe batting. 325. <laughs> uh -huh. Hey, that's good. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good batting average. But, but boy, not taking it personally. And when you, you do that, the only way to do that is you have to go to a transpersonal place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. You know, mm -hmm. it just, I mean, yes. might think it, but it doesn't feel right. You don't get it. So it has, it, it actually kicks you to, to an altered spiritual way of, of being. And that's great stuff. So for the listeners who haven't heard some of the past podcast episodes where I've talked about the Four Agreements, it's a very small book by Don Miguel Ruiz, R-U-I-Z. Uh, it'll take you, what, two hours to read maybe? <laughs> but, a lifetime, but a lifetime of work. And if you embody the Four Agreements, let's see, let's go through. There's uh, Don't Take Anything Personally, um, mm -hmm. Always Do Your Best. Yep. Uh, help me out here. I might have to go. Yeah, the book. Uh, always do your best. Uh, always speak the truth. Uh, always speak the truth. Don't lie. Mm -hmm. and, and what's the other one? Oh, this is the one I think I always forget. Hold on. <laughs> okay. And be impeccable with your word, oh, I think. So. Yes, there you go. Be impeccable with your word. And, you know, it's it sounds pretty... Um, simple, but it's very, very powerful. And from my perspective, to to really work on embodying the four agreements and 
using the brainwave entrainment technology at the same time to, I guess the only word I can think of right now is to enhance your ability mm -hmm. to do that, just to me seems incredibly powerful and transformative because it really is all about you and, and each person working on themselves and, and evolving and transforming ourselves. It's not yeah. outside of us. It's not about, we're not victims. It's not about the other person and what they're doing. If we each really focused on transforming ourselves, it, yes. you, you transform everybody around you at the same time. It's not, yeah. it's not like the only person that you're affecting is you. It affects everyone. Everyone you even pass by in the street, um, everyone who shares your energy bubble for even a few seconds. Yeah, and 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 it calls us deeply to responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know that we have we are responsible to become the people that we need to be, and just sitting around and just you know going from you know day to day, da 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 da, it's not going to do it. Right. You know. It takes it takes focused, gritty effort, and and in the beginning, it's hard uh, because you know one of the things about becoming a master of anything, you have to go through the stage of being a beginner and really sucking. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, Michael Jordan didn't come you know out of the womb like you know, <laughs> I am dunking and shooting threes. You know, he was a he was a practice fanatic from everything I, I've understood about him. Mm -hmm. You know. He was the first person in the gym, the last person to leave, you know, just worked and worked and worked on his game. And all of them, LeBron, all the great ones are like that. And the same thing with uh, music, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I've studied a lot of the, the, the masters of guitar, especially more the, the blues uh, area. And they were all just practice geeks. They just practice all the time. Jimmy, he practiced on when he was driving to a concert, he practiced in, on uh, it, Playing when he was sitting on the can, he would be practicing on uh, between sets. He just practice and practice and practice, and he developed this magical uh, ability uh, on the guitar. So, unfortunately, he didn't work on some of the other things we're talking about. But the idea of a kind of integrated practice wasn't even formed yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some there's I uh, there were some yoga uh, ideas, ancient ideas that tried to you know move in that direction. But they didn't have all the knowledge that we now have of the brain and the body and, you know, everything that we know now mm -hmm. really makes the ability to, to have a, a practice that is very scientifically based at the same time, deeply embedded in, in the deepest wisdom of our species. Right. So let's say someone is, they're kind of flailing around and they don't really have any motivation. They don't, there's nothing that's really that's really exciting them as to something that, you know, they'd really like to do accomplish in life. Do you think that doing uh, the brainwave entrainment technology would be helpful? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, of course, I'm, you know, my, I'm, we've been talking about the, you know, the real uh, deep spiritual transformative uh, uh, part of this, you know, but this technology is really good for other stuff. Okay, okay, tell us what tell us because I think that's yeah, important. Well, if you're just like want to get your high school diploma, okay, mm -hmm. you can use this technology to listen to it with your earbuds and, and your headphones. Some of the stuff we need does that we've developed doesn't need uh, headphones, but mostly it does. Okay. And you can just use that to increase your focus and your your uh, intellectual function. You actually get smarter. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now, are you talking uh, about the main program, the or or other the other CDs yeah, that you oh have? Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't know. And we have developed so many programs. We've been really, really fecund in the last uh, ten years, and we we keep developing stuff. And we have a we have a a group of of, of creators of this technology that are just superb, and that they're all different, but they're all brilliant. Mm -hmm. I just love them to death. And um, um, yeah, so. Uh, PMP 3.0 is a great one to use, and we're actually working on uh, PMP 4.0 right now. But that is a that is a big deal because 3.0 is so good. You know? <laughs> so how do you how do you improve it? <laughs> yeah, well, um, uh, well, a lot of what we've done is you know 
gotten beyond mere binaural beats, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, da 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 this year mm-hmm. and da da and that year, and uh, shifted how that process is done, and then layered different uh, technologies into that track. So instead of just using one basic uh, technique or using all kinds of different things that are layered together. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes, uh, more effective mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and also quicker, but more gentle, you know? Okay. And, and, uh, so we're not really seeing, you know, remember what I was talking about when people have deep PTSD, mm-hmm. you know, be, we're really not seeing, and we have thousands of people that, you know, you know, keep giving us feedback, people having these really powerfully disruptive, uh, experiences using this, this technology, but you know, it, it's much better to err on the side of, of, of caution mm-hmm. and uh, to, to start slowly. But you know, it's like, just as when you start getting fit, you know, you might start walking around the block, you know, and then, you know, uh, eight months later, you want to run your first half marathon or something. That's the way it goes. <laughs> you just get better. Mm-hmm. And, and the better you get, the more fun it gets. Right. Right. Okay. You know, um, for uh, early meditation, like, wow, especially using this technology can be, you know, wow, what the heck is this? You know, it can be very challenging just because, you know, you don't know a heck of a lot about it. But but uh, the, as we become masters mm-hmm. and the master, simply the definition of who's the master, the master is one who stuck with it. Right. You know, right. That's who gets really, you know, really develops it. So, you know, I just love playing the guitar now. I just um uh, I just get into these states of where it's just coming through me, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever spiritual or emotional feeling or nuance just automatically comes through my playing. Mm-hmm. And it's that state of just uh, ego out of the wayness or forgetfulness, if you will. And it's just there and you are the instrument being played. And uh, whether you're a writer or whatever skill you're developing, you're an artist or, you know, a cop or a fireman or whatever it is, you get it to these states. And of course, uh, we call them flow states. Mm, And I love that term. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so it's, I mean, most of us have experienced that when I was out in the wilderness talking to young people about spirituality, you know, I was just saying, well, have you ever had those moments when you're like playing basketball or something like that? And where it's just like, all of a sudden you're just there and everything you know where the ball is going and what you're supposed to do. And you're just out of the way. They go, yeah. And they've all had experience. We've all had experience that that's a spiritual experience, you know, mm-hmm. or man's mm-hmm. said a peak experience, right? To take the mm-hmm. kind of the religiosity out of it, which turns a lot of people off because religions have done a lot of bad things, yeah. you know, the papers. Uh, so yeah, we start talking about flow states and, and the people are doing a lot of crazy things to, uh, Stealing Fire, I think, was the name of the book that's talking about that that came out. I, I really liked it. But there are a lot of crazy-ass things people are doing, like jumping off of buildings, you know, with little wings on mm. and rubber suits in order to get into these states. And we found that that's by doing this practice that we can get in, uh, into flow states, like cooking a meal mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, or playing the guitar or writing, you know, an email or whatever. These, these states that are enhanced – by practicing with technology are really our, our, uh, our superhuman, you know, superhero powers. And as I think I mentioned earlier, you know, current fiction, if you look at the, the best-selling, you know, movies of the last, you know, six, seven, nine, ten 10 years, all have been superhero stuff. Yep. Yep. With normal, the story is a normal person, you know, uh, um, guy gets bit by the radioactive spider and, blah, 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 and stuff. And so there's, these are incredibly powerful, but what is that? What is that speaking to? I think it's speaking to the place in us that wants to develop that part of ourselves that is beyond ourselves and way beyond what we thought our capacities were. Mm-hmm. And that it, it begins to feel it's just it's just magical. And and in those moments, oh, what is the meaning of life? Oh, what is you know, all this existential stuff? Just all that fog just goes away, and you're there, and you and, and there's a knowingness. And a beauty to it. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can get into those states in ways that are, are you know, not taking methamphetamines or starting cocaine or do something else, but ways that, that are, are life enhancing and sustainable, the better the better off we're all going to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if someone is, uh, let's, uh, let's say writing, maybe somebody wants to write their memoir, and they're just they're stuck, they're having trouble. Is there, um, besides using the 
the the main core your meditation uh, program. Yeah. Well, are there other should I say CDs or tracks or whatever oh that gosh. can help? Thanks for asking. There's so many. Yeah, go to i i awake tech uh, i awake and there there we we have a, a suite called Stealing Flow mm-hmm. uh, that that we created. I just love them. And uh, there's a gamma track, and there's there's all these different tracks. They're helping you waking your brain up, and and at the same time calming down and getting these states. And you can actually, I mean, you can use these uh, 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 tracks to enhance your meditation, or you can use them while you're actually, you know, sitting in front of your computer, uh, you know, struggling to get those words on paper. And it's amazing when you start getting the words flowing uh, and going. Uh, I mean, writing to me is this incredible thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just like, oh, I struggle with it all the time, but I'm just, I'm just drawn to it because, uh, again, Ken, one time we were talking about writing. You know, I wrote one book. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> one book, and it's a good book. I read it, and I'm like, God, I wrote that. What was happening? There? <laughs> I, I think it was around the moment. You know, I was channeling something. But he says, you know, I write. I write books not to tell people what I know, but I write books to, to uncover what I don't know. Mm. And I think that's a beautiful attitude mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. But if you if you give yourself to it, to the subject, to the process with great care, courage, and grittiness, and just turn off all your, you know, you can acknowledge that you're not smart, I'm not here, blah, 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 all that stuff. And thanks for sharing. And, and you <laughs> stay with it. It'll, it'll begin to, to happen. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, come out. And you'll begin to trust the process more and to trust your kind of inner guidance and knowing this. Mm-hmm. And of course you have to do your work, you know, you have to do your research and your reading and your talking and your listening and you're taking notes, but that's the glory of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you were talking about playing the guitar. I, don't even I, I don't even know if I can honestly say right now that I play the harp because I haven't been playing. But it's very frustrating to me because I have this beautiful instrument that has a beautiful sound and I really love playing it and I'm not sitting down and doing it. And I just I'm like, what is wrong with me? But maybe if I uh try the stealing flow suite, that might help. Yeah, yeah. And just get you know, get put yourself in front of that thing and pluck a string, you know. Mm-hmm. And just feel the and just start falling in love again with it and, and, and pick it up as a yoga, you know, as a practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, to me, music is a prayer. You know, it's, it's a joining with something outside of myself. And uh, blues uh, specifically is it's a great uh, shadow practice for me because I can just, you can't be too bummed out to play the blues. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you can. It's certainly a way to channel it, you know, and just uh, and, and, and put your soul out and these gorgeous, beautiful, you know, just onslaughts of notes that come together and just do something mm-hmm. uh, to your consciousness. You pour it out, you know, your your personal blues, your your heart, universal blues, the whole thing in a way that makes you feel okay about feeling really bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, this has been Awesome. I really, I really am having fun with this conversation. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with that, that you haven't, haven't yeah, expressed Yeah, you want to hear a little uh, blues? Well, you know, actually, here's what I was just thinking is that uh, perhaps you could play a little bit and I could do my outtake and then you could, instead of my adding a, you know, a track from uh, Pond Five or wherever I buy them from, we could end with something of yours. Okay, cool. Let me let me. Uh, my stuff is all here. Let me just plug it in and uh, turn it on. Okay, cool. And thank you so much for your wisdom and sharing. Uh, you really. Oh, also before, how do people how do people uh, connect with you? How do they find your website and your technology? We need to do that. Yeah, I'm doing technologies. You know, um, John Dupuy, I Awake Technologies, Integral Recovery. If you put any of those in Google, okay. you'll be there. Okay. And I will, I always have links on the podcast webpage too. So let me get this puppy. I'm playing through a, um, a 1969 Fender Telecaster. Oh, which is ooh, nice. Kind of the guitar equivalent of Arthur's sword of Excalibur. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it's just a gorgeous instrument. Just... 
Uh, one thing I want to ask because you there is so you have so many tracks on the website. It's almost <laughs> it's almost we overwhelming do. to pick. Is do you have any staff that can help? Pick oh yeah, out? yeah. We, okay. we we have a whole customer service uh, thing, and you know that could be just really mundane questions about you know how do I get this in my iPhone or my smartphone or this or that and the other and can be answered that and then if uh, we kind of have a, a filtering process and if it's a real you know a real furball they, they it, <laughs> you, it ends up with me okay. you know? and then if I can answer it in an email I will if it seems something a little more complex we can just set up a time to talk awesome. you know, on Skype we've had a lot too awesome so yeah there there is a there is a, uh, a process there but the um, the website is very, very uh, information dense. I mean, as much or as little you want, and uh, it's 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 kind of floats in uh, testimonials mm-hmm. of people who who talking about what their experience has been, which is like when I'm having an off day, it's what keeps me going. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, cool. Oh, and one thing, <clears throat> I know it's generally recommended to sit, but. I uh-huh. like lying down. Does it make a difference? Bill, hey, whatever gets Bill you, used to what, get on me for that. <laughs> whatever gets you the party, you know, it's like, uh, I, I, I kind of like sitting because of my legs, you know, cross the kind of like, ding, uh-huh. you know, oh, the body, because you're meditating. But, you know, if I'm doing a long meditation, I can't do it. So uh, I can't continue to, or I'll just, you know, I'll sit, sit in a comfortable chair. And I've, I've been, uh, uh, in times in my practice life where I'm, just exhausted or, you know, and then, and then the only thing, just the, just lying down, the, the corpse pose, they call it, you mm-hmm, know, just mm-hmm. letting that happen. And, and usually for me, if uh, after about a half hour doing that, part of me just wants to sit up, mm-hmm. you know, but if that's what's working for you, then by all means do it, you know. And also I think the, the more we practice, you know, we, we, we begin our practice and then our practice begins to inform us. Mm. So, mm. you know, and you can, if you're just a beginner, it's great to read books on meditation and different techniques and everything, but eventually you begin to, to find the, the, uh, the, the techniques that works best for us. Mm-hmm. And I, this whole, I thought I discovered, and I kind of did discover it, uh, this meditation technique. And then I turned out there's this huge uh, tradition and all volumes and volumes written on centering prayer. Mm-hmm. So I was basically doing this, uh, Christian esoteric spiritual practice sans the theology uh, and it just came out of my my own practice it's where you just focus on the heart uh, your heart center your spiritual center not just the pump you quiet the mind down and then when your mind wanders as it does you just mm-hmm. have a word mm-hmm. a sacred word that you of your choice that brings you back right. to center and the, you know you can happen a whole bunch of times but the practice it's like you know doing the curls it's the movement of back into thought back into centering that that where the work gets done and uh, i thought man this is really cool and it is really cool then mm-hmm. i found out there's this great the whole uh, <laughs> a body of literature you were the first <laughs> yeah no no i tapped into I tapped into something so that was you know that was encouraging also so let's see here <laughs> You're going to have to turn that down a little bit. You know, that's not the first time I've ever heard that. (laughs) Yeah, let's have it. Let's have it kind of soft. And uh, I'm going to say thank you and goodbye and let you play for a little bit. And then I'll do my outtake.
Thank you for listening, and thank you so much, John Dupuis, for sharing your valuable wisdom and knowledge with us. The podcast website is realjanine.com, where you can listen to or download episodes and click on links to my guest's information. There's a donate button if you feel inspired to support this work. You can also sign up for the podcast bi-weekly blog newsletter to keep up on new episodes, archives, life updates, and healthy recipes. To subscribe to Keeping It Real with Janine, go to iTunes or your favorite podcast provider and check out my podcast YouTube channel with video slideshows of my conversations. Do you know someone who would benefit from my conversation with John Dupuis? I'm sure you do. Please share the love. Thanks for listening. Take care and be well. There you have it.